spirituality how do we discern that this is a spiritual issue that can be tackled spiritually or how do we discern that this is an issue that has been it has to do with counseling because this is, this is that as well where a woman grew up in a home that the wife the man and the woman divorced and then the child grows up seeing that and is scared of commitment doesn't want to commit to, to any man and she's remain, she remains single and gives her life to Christ and desires now to get married but she can't just seem to have it together she, she she's scared of commitment those are counseling issues where you can talk to the person but where does it get to a point where you can realize that this is a spiritual problem and we can pray for this and this person can stop being single where, where does it reach that point? That's a very tricky thing. It's a very tricky thing because in, in your first instance, also like the example, mm-hmm. you, it, would, it would take a lot for you to actually even negotiate spiritual point where you say, okay, this girl needs uh, 
There's this thing where we're talking about singleness is a Bible thing. Is singleness a Bible thing only when it's a gift like Paul? Or is Paul in this passage also trying to tell us that singleness is also a good thing when it is uh, it, it, it is it's also a Bible thing when it is we waiting for somebody to marry and that while you're waiting for somebody to marry it's okay to be single you know i i think what paul is also trying to put across here is we don't want to think about singleness as a really bad thing like it is a bad 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 thing you don't deserve to be single at this point, you shouldn't be single. Pray, my sister. Pray, my brother. And counsel, 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 counsel. I think when singleness becomes a problem is when the person wants to get married. So bad, okay? And there is a problem of she can't or he can't. They want to, but they can't. Then we start to find problems, like she said. We start to look around. What is causing you to not or to can't? You can't find some. Why? You want to, you know, because this is a different situation with Paul. He doesn't want to. He's actually like, okay, I'm good. Marriage, mm-mm. But then this is a woman, a man who want to, but they can't. Then we look at patterns now. We look at the family background of this woman or this man. Do they have commitment issues? And if not, we start looking at this same person's pattern as a human being. How have been your past relationships? How have you handled this situation? And how have you handled that situation? Are you difficult? Because there are just women that are difficult and inapproachable and they're solid hard rock. And then there are these men who are difficult and they're really petty. Petty, petty, petty men. Where they just... The slightest, slightest thing. He's like, Mm-mm, I can't. The Bible says I should find a good woman. But then there's no really, there's not really that good woman that is perfect, right? So there's that kind of, you, you, you begin to search these things. But then generally, singleness is a good thing. It's a Bible thing. The second thing that I want us to look at here is that singleness is a positive good. It is a positive good. It's a positively good thing. What is more here? The single life can be beautiful. In Paul's mind, what he's thinking is that this life of singleness can be the most important part of your life, even before marriage. 
Because we often look at marriage to be the most important part of our lives. And then Paul is trying to also move you to the idea of saying, no, 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 no. Singleness can be the most important part of the story because of where you live in the storyline of history. It is. It can be deemed either or. Whether people think it's good, whether think people think it's bad, then we pick it up from there, we think the community, we think community-wise. And then Jesus' victory here in resurrection from the dead and his ascension and his enthronement as Lord has ushered a new stage in our redemptive history, meaning we don't really move by what culture says now. We have got a new kind of lifestyle. And what what is being brought to light here by Paul is that how Jesus has changed things has moved from a form of worldliness, the perception of the world, to how Christians should now move singleness and view singleness. So Paul can argue that the gift of singleness is undistracted freedom to please Christ. The gift of singleness, you cannot be distracted by children, by wives, by husbands, by this and that. You are a free woman, a free man, whom at that moment at your prime to save the Lord. Sir, right now, now, now is the time to make trees fall by the Spirit. If that's possible, just pray for the trees. I don't know why, but if it can happen, well, let, let it happen. But this is the time you, you can really save God. We often say this, to say, when you're single, use it to save God. Because at that very moment, you are free to do that. Now, here's the question. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5 tells us that, while this undistracted devotion to the Lord, right, it reflects activities like prayer, it, 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 it service, preaching, teaching, evangelism, training, correspondence, without any sort of, 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 of ministry, without concerns of providing for your wife or children, that's man, a man, without concerns of taking care of the home and the children, that's the wife, Paul could devote his full energy to the church with a single-minded attention. That's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. So, singleness, even for those who long to, to, to be married and are not yet married, so not only for the gift, we're talking about even you who one day get married. It's not a trial to be endured. Don't make it seem like it's bad. Don't. It is a positive good. It is a gift to be cherished. It is to be used at its maximum. And I love what I wrote here. We ought not to waste our singleness by viewing it as a trial to be endured. Because most of the time you are going to spend... If you view it that way, we'll be complaining, we'll be asking questions, what's wrong with me? We'll be asking questions, when is he coming? When is she coming? It, it, it will be filled with all these things. Rather than enjoying the beauty you know, of the moment at that particular time, you would be looking at the world as shaming you and looking at you, you know, the shame culture that we have in Africa. 
of people that are not married. They go home, they're asking you when you're getting married. You go, all your friends are asking you. You look at your friends, all of them you were with in high school. They all have rings. You don't. But that's good. That's good. Because then that shows that you're set apart. You are different. And with me, different is always everything. I love difference. Like, don't be, don't desire to be like common people. Don't, don't be common. If you are the most single person in the world, flaunt in it. What well, that's what God is trying to tell you. You are actually passing up a good opportunity to be close to me and serve me and love me more than the married person. Here's the reality about marriage. In marriage, time moves fast. It moves so fast, before you know it, here you go. Before you know it, this happens. Before you know it, here's the situation. And you're like, ah, now God, <laughs> when do I get to save you? Because, you know, you are taking care of an entire home as a man. You are taking care of the entire home as a woman. When do you have time to start doing God's work? When you're done taking care of the home, and do say, God, that you can't take care of the church business if you haven't yet handled your home business. So go back home, ensure that your wife is happy, ensure that your children are happy, then come to the church and save me. And then guess what God says to a single person? Save me. That's all. That, that's the only instruction there. Save me. And that's the goodness about singleness. You have got so much time to make up of the crown in heaven that you are going to present before the Lord. Number three, singleness is not just junior level. It is not junior level. And what I mean here is, I'm going to just hit the nail on the head, right? Singleness should never be looked like as a mediocrity thing as compared to marriage. Here's what I mean. Don't look at marriage to be a standard. And then singleness is a, is a way to get there. Like, when you're single, you need to work your way up the ladder to get married. Singleness and marriage should be viewed this way. Singleness and marriage should be viewed as a choice, not a standard. It should be a choice one makes. And when culture agrees to this, we will be a better people. Because oftentimes, like I have already said, without number, we look at marriage to be this God given institution that if you don't get into it you have a problem because probably men don't want you or women don't want you because there's an issue with you do you know most questions single people ask me man of god what is wrong with me apart from your question i don't see anything wrong with you your question is the wrong question because you're not asking what is wrong with me you are asking you, you that's uh, sorry that's a wrong question to ask you shouldn't ask that question because if you see singleness as something wrong with you then you will not utilize it the way that god would want you to and that's the thing you don't look at marriage as a standard it isn't it isn't it is a choice hi so in 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 words God says, you find a wife, finds a good thing, obtains favor from the Lord. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, uh -huh, the people who are favored didn't write three quarters of the New Testament. 
did they? I remember Peter was married. Peter didn't write three quarters of the notice. We don't know Peter to be the greatest apostle that lived. We know Paul to be the greatest apostle. In fact, the single guy is actually telling you people how to, how to, be, how to be like when you're in marriage. I thought he's the one who wrote Ephesians, Colossians. I thought he's the one who wrote this particular passage we're looking at today. Single people can do great things for the Lord as much as a married person can do great things for the Lord. It is not a standard. It is a choice. They are on the same platform. So it is not a junior level that you need to graduate and go into your senior level. Marriage is the context for faithful Christian living. It is a, that's the context. And poor ages as some, on account of sexual temptation, must be married. Do you see that he even brings it down? He even brings marriage to that point to say, let those who are weak to sex marry. Shortcut, eh? Let me the, paraphrase that. The reason we marry, one of the reasons, hmm? and we try to be holy about this so much. Have you noticed that people try to be holy about this? They start talking. You can, you can, you can even catch them. What's the purpose as to why we get married? We get married for companionship. We get married for the for the children, procreation. We get married so that we can exalt God through accountability with your partner. You know, oh, you're not mentioning the sex thing. Why aren't you mentioning the sex thing? Because you don't want to be deemed as weak. Right? You don't want to be deemed as weak. If people could tell you to say sex is only for, 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 for procreation, they lie. Because if that was the case, immediately they got married, somebody should have been pregnant. Like, they should be pregnant the first day they get married. But then that does not the case. In fact, they take pills. They do all that it takes for them to wait to not have a child at that moment. Let's wait. Let's have a two-year plan. Well, then don't have sex for two years if that was what sex was made for. Procreation. That's how holy men want to make it seem. Sex is a holy thing. And many people are, are, are tempted in it. That's why they marry. And culture, and even the church, would say things that sexual fulfillment is essential for human... They won't say things like sexual fulfillment is essential for human happiness. On that side, sex in marriage is not moving up from some kind of junior system of celibacy in singleness. It's not like now I'm graduating and I'm going to now enter a phase where I can now have sex. That phase God refused. Now He can accept. That's the superiority of sex of, of marriage compared to singleness. That single people cannot have sex, and that married people cannot have sex, or can have sex. And married people should laugh at single people, because single people don't know how, it's as easy as them, they can easily just go and have sex. They can. It's not the standard. They don't look at life that way. It's not moving up a ladder or moving down or something. It is not an accomplishment. <laughs> it's not it's, it's more, mostly not even 
a qualification for church leadership. It isn't. This thing that we want to make it seem It is because sex, despite every current evidence to the contrary, does not define what it means to be a human being. Sexual pleasure is like any other good gift, a temple of goods to be enjoyed in its proper context. That's all it is. It is neither eternal or ultimate. So, yeah, that's about it. Let's go to Matthew 19. And let's look at what it says. Because Paul is not the only one that talks about this. Jesus does. Somebody read that for me, please. 19 verse 12. For there are some eunuchs which were so born from their mother's womb. Matthew 19 verse 12, sorry, not 18. 12. Verse 12. Why did I say 18? <laughs> 19 verse 12? Matthew. Matthew chapter 19. Uh-huh. Verse 12. Uh-huh. For there are some eunuchs uh-huh. which were so born from their mother's womb. And there are some eunuchs which were made eunuchs of men. Uh-huh. And there be and there be eunuchs which have made themselves eunuchs uh-huh. for the kingdom of heaven's sake. Uh-huh. He that is able to receive it, let there him receive it. Is. I only wanted C. 19 verse 12 C. Let the one who is able to receive this receive it. Now, when you look at the next page, I've written something there where I say, each birthday and new year for many singles brings with it a growing sense of sadness and a rising flow of panic. This is especially true of women whose bodies have got a biological clock with the digits three, zero, blinking in red. When you just hear a woman turning 30, my goodness, panic mode ignited. We figure that if we are ever going to be a mother, if we had better get our ducks in a row or our man to the altar, soon it would be good for, you, for us as women. I'm speaking for the women, right? Now, I want to address the misunderstandings here. Now, my points are going to shift into questions that I want to answer that many people who are single ask. And I want these questions to be very clearly answered. Question number one. Will I always be single? When we are praying as single people, this question comes up to God a lot of times. Father, when I get married, becomes, if I get married, and then, what if I never get married? You know, it keeps going. What if I'm single forever? <laughs> the questions, the questions keep changing and growing from that. If you are going to be single forever, not what we have already said. 
that sinfulness and marriage are not distinct in supremacy. They are same. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. People get married at 33. Have children. Even in their 40s, people have children. God is merciful. I know I've got a medical person here, but God is mercy. In his mercy, he makes a 99-year-old woman conceive. That's beautiful. That is very beautiful. I mean, who can do that except God? We have all these things that guide our lives, right? We've got... Ma? See? There are these fears, you know, there are these fears that come when life stretches us. What if, if only these questions, how will I cope with this? Where will I spend this? Where, 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 where am I going? There's always these questions. And when looking down in the timeline fills us with these questions, we shift our focus to God. Like Lamentation chapter 3, verse 22 to 23 would tell us there. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 to 23. Somebody can read that for me, please. When these questions are going to cloud you, like, will I always be single? Here's the answer. You should always shift your, your focus to this. Hmm? Lamentations. Written by prophet Jeremiah. What are we being told here? 22 to 23. Lamentations. Three verse twenty-two to twenty-three. Mm. The Bible says, um, "The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases; mm-hmm. His mercies never come to an end. Mm-hmm. They are new every morning. Mm-hmm. Great is your faithfulness." <laughs> you see, the way we view things as human beings, and the way God views things, are different. Because where you are asking, what is wrong with me? Why am I single? Will I always be single? What if this doesn't change? What if my circumstance remains the same? I'm 29 and I'm not married. I'm 30 and I'm not married. What is wrong with me? There is nothing wrong with you. There is nothing wrong with you. Listen, far from being unloved, far from being unchosen, far from being undesirable, Single Christians are treasured by God. They are treasured by God with a steadfast love that never ceases. A consistent love that never ceases. You are loved by God as a single person the way you are. Now people think such words are not enough. And that's where the problem comes in because we often overlook God's words or underrate them in a way. When God tells you, I love you, 
for you it is not enough until a man tells you i love you until a woman tells you i love you we always want a person to say it when god says you are enough when god says you are pretty you are handsome we don't want to hear it from god funny enough he created you he knows your handsomeness and your beauty inside out he's all that knows you more than anyone else and if he can continue to say that my love is steadfast for you you better believe it because he never lies and he's telling you to say you're getting it all wrong you're thinking about it the a, a whole different wrong way you're not single because you are ugly you're not single because you you have got a damaged whatever you know people say i'm damaged you don't want to be with me they start even outselling themselves like they don't want to be sold to a person you don't want to be with me i'm a damaged person i'm messed up you will win you will messed up make fire that's god that's god telling you to say even as messed up as you are my love is steadfast what greater love can be given than the love that god can give you and when you come to terms with this you will always look at yourself as more than enough because your single state is not a disease to you anymore your single state is now a blessing because you are already loved by somebody you don't need the fulfillment of another person uh, uh, to be to feel fulfilled by another person's words you, that's not what god designed us to be like somebody should my wife can never ever ever fulfill me and make me hundred percent she can't do that she doesn't have that ability she can't complete me those things we say at tifunana but then siva ah you complete me how 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 when i look at myself i'm a complete version of myself how am i not complete women if a man says you complete him refuse because you can't complete him he's already complete god made him full time can you marry somebody who is 50%? You should even run away from such people. 50% to ndefa okupa. Fina 50% you have sunga 50% you. Sana family. At original love 100%. I want your 100%. Give us your 100%. That's what God gives everyone. We are not complete unless we we truly know who we are you you know what you are worth do you know what you are worth if god could die for you i mean romans 5 verse 8 says it to me so I'll quickly go to to romans 5 verse 8 he has shown us that love by sending his son to die for us his mercies are now new every morning contentment with your singleness is not a status that you arrive at and then bask in for the rest of your lives it is something you depend on for the uh, the lord for each day and you will know truly your worth in such passages yes sir mm -hmm. but god commanded his love toward us yes in that while we were yet sinners wow you were yet sinners uh-huh christ died for us Christ died for us. He didn't die for you when you were perfect. He didn't die for you when you were flawless. He didn't die for you when you needed the, when, when you when you already attained salvation. You were his enemy. The Bible puts you as his 
enemy. Somebody who hated him. And now you are his friend. Because he died for you while you are his enemy. Made you whole. It's him. It's him who makes you whole. With him, you are complete. That is why even after marriage, there is still something you need. If you don't have Christ after marriage, you will still feel empty. I can promise you that. It's not the other person. Mm -mm. The other person, Konjiko writes, Konjiko writes, and Konjiko writes, that's the, that's the reason why you want that other person. Companionship, we are temporary. When you die, you don't have a spouse. Don't, don't these things point us to something? Okamusha. You will leave your spouse here on earth. That should tell you, say, marriage is temporal. We praise it so much, eh? To say, it is an institution made by God. Let me show you. Singleness is an institution made by God. As marriage is an institution made by God, they are all the same. You just do picky picky now. Which one do you want? Do you want to be single or do you want to be married? If you want to be married, get married. If you want to be single, be single. It's a choice. Oh, uh, no, we've established the gift. We've established the gift because the gift is extremely rare. The poor situation is extremely rare. And we've said that with the gift itself, God gives you, you don't even feel the edge. Now I'm trying to talk to people, like I'm answering here, like I said, say, why am I single? <laughs> like people want to get married now, they, so they ask these questions. Say, I'm telling you, in that state of singleness, there is no nothing wrong with it because that's where we quickly go. Insecurities come in, and then we start talking about these things, and we end up blaming ourselves for things that we, sh we really shouldn't. The other question that we see here is: Can I be content today? Can I be content in such a world, in this world? I'll take it back to 2016, when a single missionary here at Kazemba from America. <clears throat> said this. She asked herself this question. Can I be content with being single today? This is a woman with a white skin. And she's asking us. That is a question many unmarried Christians return to. And this is a must. You should. Can you be content with being single today? This is not a bad question. This is actually a question that should provoke you. Are you actually content with being single? This will help you a whole lot. Let me tell you why. If you are not content with being single to tomorrow or next Christmas or next Valentine or when you are 30 or even when you are 40 but just today, Here's what is going to happen. If you can be content with being single today, you can be content with being single tomorrow when it becomes today. Meaning, when you look at your tomorrow, even when you look to 10.30, 10.31, 10.32, contentment means I'm okay the way I am. And thank you God for the way I am. 
This will not affect you when Valentine's Day comes. And then you see other people wearing red. And then his has, his has, has shirts. They wear those his has, um, his and mine, Queen King shirts. That won't affect you in any way because you are content with who you are. Don't ever get into a relationship because one, your friends are in relationships, so I can't be the only one being without a relationship. Two, don't ever get into a relationship because it's the new norm. It's what's happening around me. Three, don't ever get in a relationship if you're not ready for it. It's worthless. Because all of those three options, I can promise you, end up with you being broken they will always end up with a bad outcome. So the, the real question to ask is, am I content with being single? I know the lady who has never been single. I kid you not. <laughs> she's never been single. And let me explain to you. I'm not saying she's been with one person throughout. I'm saying she's dated about five guys now. She's never been single. She was dumped or she dumped one guy this day. Tomorrow, she's into another one. This one breaks up. In the next one, she's never been that kind of single that I'm talking about. She's always entered into another relationship immediately after another. But she's never been in a stable. She's scared of being single. <laughs> she wants to jump in fast. Fast, safeness. Why? Why are we even afraid of being single? Where is the fear? Why? What makes being single so scared? I don't get it. I don't get it. Oh, maybe you can say, uh, no, well, Pastor, I'm not single. <laughs> so you don't understand. Hey, I've been single before. And I vowed, the year that I vowed to say I will not date, guess what? Towards the end of that year in December, I met my wife. Towards the end of that year, I met my wife. But I had time to reflect. I was like, this is insane. Let me, let me, let me. What's wrong with me? Am I doing things wrongly? Let me seek the Lord. Is there a problem here going on? And, and what's this? Not really. I wasn't asking those questions at all. I just said, you know what, Lord, I want to devote this year to you. And I always tell people, 2013 was my year. That was, that was, that was my eight year. Like, 2013. Because I served the Lord like I have never served the Lord. In my single state. Yes, ma'am. Well, okay, I wanted to ask a thing here. I wanted to answer here. What, what really happened? Just another fear of being alone And I didn't want to face myself and all the things that I have to deal 
with patterning itself. So this is where the struggle stems from for most people. It's better to just move and be with someone else because you don't get to face your yourself and the fears that come with just being alone. Yeah, I think that even just being afraid of being alone should raise more questions to self. Why am I being afraid of being alone? You know, that is a question because in the state of aloneness, the Bible tells us is where maturity comes from, is where intimacy with God comes from, is where, you know, so we kind of take this thing to be negative than the positive that it is. The reason why God sets you apart at times and just say, I want you to be alone. Like just remain alone is because I want to talk to you. I want to deal with you. I want to build you and break you, then mold you into what you can actually be when you go out there. So we, we, we get afraid about the things that can actually build us and, and forget the importance that lies in these things. That's why she's scared. Of 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 of, of, commit, of not committing to another relationship immediately because she doesn't know if another guy probably will, will approach her when time goes and what's this or maybe she's thirty years old right or she's forty years old or she's thirty five it's hard it's hard to 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 see it that way but isn't it more of a less benefit? to desire to jump into something really fast, even at that age, than to wait upon the Lord, let him work on you, working on your insecurities, working on all those areas of your life, and then when you actually are found, or when you find somebody, it actually works out. Because this thing that we want to rush into other things, does not solve the permanent problem. Marriage, and I heard this somewhere, and that was a very ridiculous thing to say. Say, um, it, start, it all started as a try and error. That statement, on its own, just the way it is, is messed up. You did what? You just started as a try and error. Let's see where it goes, kind of thing. Mm-mm. Those are not places to be. Don't even think about entering such places because that's a danger zone in itself. Do you know that in the try and error, you could actually have missed what God would have done in your single phase that would have actually brought a real man immediately after while this try and error guy is playing with you for two years. Two years is a lot of time. And that's why many people when they break up, it's hurtful because you've invested so much time into this person only to see it end. But then you need to stop and first think to say, Mm-mm, what is wrong? Mostly in this case, what is wrong is you're not content with being alone. You can't just be alone. Like analyze, wait first, sit. Know yourself. Who are you? What do you actually like? You know, some people when you ask them, do you do you like tall guys? No, no, any any guy that God gives you, you know, any guy is a blessing from the Lord. You can't even describe the physical features of the person that you want. 
physical features like the easiest that you can see with your eyes. I want a tall girl, I want a short girl, I want a fat girl, I want a slim girl. You don't know. You just say any sister that the Lord brings my way, as long as she is God-fearing and that quality, you should always remove it when you're picking a person. God-fearing is not applicable. It's not applicable to be a quality that you seek for. He should be God-fearing, love church, and should sing in the choir. He should be... Uh, no, those are not features to look for. That can't be a feature to look for. Can you take care of me? Can you bring food to the table? Eh, hey, I know there is over spirituality sometimes, but wait, wait, these are biblical things. He should provide first thing. Yeah, even if even before you can hear his voice, whether it's deep. Can you provide? Can you support me? Because even women need support. They need support. Can, can you actually hear me out? These are things that are of a real concern to you. To you as a person. Men are scared to ask questions. Some questions you don't be afraid to ask them. Ask them. Mama, here's the thing. Me, the kind of lady that I want. Can you be able to do this? Now yeah, we don't go that far. And when dating, that's why we even want to hide such things. You want to hide serious questions. Are you serious? Is it, this is your life. Uh, let me just point it to you. Single people, this is life. <laughs> when you get married, there's no undoing. There's divorce. And divorce is another act to your resume. People will know you as a divorcee. And that never leaves. It's dented on your image. Mm. Yeah, you might have escaped that, but you are a divorcee. And it stays like that. Divorcee. But, 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 no, did you ask the right questions? Did you start your dating? Dating is about knowing, right? How do you know without asking? In those stages, we were asking questions. You need to ask questions. Do what do, are you sexual? Hey, hey, hey. Are we asking such questions? Yes. Under the pillow. <laughs> You go there, it's okay, no, you and Jackie. No, that's all they do when they're dating. And you're like, what? And then very spiritual. <laughs> let's pray, honey, let's pray. You're on a date, eh? You're on a date. You're at Mandahim. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, see our marriage, see our relationship. Eat the food, talk. There is time for that. Talk. Who are you? I want to know you. No showers, no chine. What do you like? Do I make up? Do I make up? Do I chine? Do I make up? You need to know all these things. I, uh, do you, don't touch my shoe. Do you do the titty jacks? Which one? Which one? You, know, you, you need to know all these things. Are you Afro guy? Are you Kati? All these things, when you compress them together, will give you somebody that you want. But then, before you even get there, are you content with being yourself? Because you're not looking for somebody that is going to complete you. Remember, you're not looking for somebody that is going to complete you. Are you content? Even if God said, now here is where our prayers come from, Kazemba, right? Lord, even if you will, 
that I remain single, I will still save you. And I will be content in this. I have learned to live content courses with what I have. And what I don't have, I know that the Lord does not want me to have. So are you content, woman of God, to remain single until you're 33? Because that's when God actually says, I want you to marry at 33. Then what happens? Are we going to go into panic mode? Listen to me. If you have got a question, <laughs> if you can be content being single today, <laughs> you can be content being single tomorrow when it becomes today, and the day after that, and the days that follow. Why? Because God's mercies are new every morning. He will be tomorrow all that you need him to be. In 30 years' time, he will be faithful. In 50 years' time, he will be faithful. He will not fail you. Whether you are married or single, God will prove himself faithful day after day. So, Paul says, marriage has got its own problems. Did you hear that? Marriage has got its own problems. And he's trying to tell the people, single people to say, don't just run after things without fully understanding. Because here's the problem. If you don't really know who you are and if you cannot be content with who you are when you're alone, you will not really value what you could do in marriage with somebody else. You can't even value marriage itself because... To you, it was just something you just needed to jump into. And then it's like, <laughs> okay, I'm bus. Eh? <laughs> as long as the bus. So, 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 Hello, hmm. during the marriage, what's this blessing? They, they call your name a lot. They call your name a lot because they just want you to be sure. Are you sure? You know, me, I was joking with people to say, when I become a pastor, and now I'm a pastor, right? And I told them, say, I'm going to get gazetted. When I'm blessing a marriage, I will ask this question maybe even five times. Are you sure? You want to get married to this one? Let me give you time. Let's just, you know, let's think about this. Don't, no need to rush. Are you sure you want to get married to this person? Because it's a serious thing, you know. It is. But then, even before you get there, I, I feel that you should know yourself. Just, just be who you are. No need to rush. No need to even, you know, just know yourself. Number three, final, and then we conclude. Of the questions, not the points. Not can I be content? We've looked at can I be content? So, looking past tomorrow. Looking past tomorrow. Now, the truth here is that contentment with our singleness is not really the, the M. It's not the full M. Perhaps, like me, you read verses like 1 Corinthians 7, verse 38, with an air of disbelief. So, we read that for me. First Corinthians chapter 7 verse 38 some scriptures like this they are very hard to believe but listen to this yeah so then he that giveth her in marriage that well 
but he that giveth her not my that benefit. How can that be? I mean, when you're reading this, you would ask, how can that be? What would it take for us to believe that a single person could really be better than a married person? I mean, what would really make Paul say that a single person is actually better than a married person? Think about it. Think about it. It seems that what most of us are missing here is not some insights, spiritual, spiritual insight that your apostle has on the stages of marriage and singleness. But his perspective is found in 29 and 31. So I want you to read me 29 and then read 31. You will see what is going on here. Yes. But this I say, brethren, mm -hmm. the time is short. Mm -hmm. It remaineth that both they that have wives be as though they had none. Yes, that one. That one. And they that use this word as not abusing it, mm -hmm. for the fashion of this world passeth away. Paul has not in his mind stages or states. He has got time in mind here. Time with him is valuable. Time. Time. We live on borrowed time, right? Now look at this. A day is coming when Jesus is going to return, right? Mm. And you renew creation completely. And that day is going to be soon. But until then, the thing that matters most is making sure that we are ready for it. Helping others be ready for it as well. Suppose logic here, which is radical, in the rest of the chapter is that being single puts us in a unique position to do that. That's all he's saying here. So I often tell my wife, this scripture is not even, it's not even talking about marriage all or one. It's not, it doesn't have marriage in mind. If you want to use this passage for marriage, you will degrade marriage to it. Because <laughs> what, what Paul is saying here is trying to place a, a, an emphasis to say, Guys, guys, listen. It's about time. Whatever time you spend here on earth is valuable. And you can do more for God while you're single. The fact of the matter inescapable is that with married people, you have limited time. With single people, you have so much time to do things for the Lord. So, single Christians need to focus primarily not everything but primarily on becoming more content with their singleness more content meaning be okay with being single write that down be okay with being i should be okay with i am okay with being single and i'm not saying this in a way that you are feeling pity of your for, for yourself because i'm talking about you actually being okay not i'm okay you know you even start putting on your status i don't need any man i have god with me hashtag jesus lover forever 
those are not what I'm talking about. That's just you feeling pity for yourself indirectly. I'm talking about if you look at a couple, they are walking, holding hands with those t-shirts I talked about. Are you okay, even if it's not you? And uh, you are, are you okay with not looking at them and thinking, wow, I wish. You can be happy for them. Good for them. But good for me too. I mean, I can buy two drinks for myself. They can buy two drinks, they'll have one one. Who is winning here? Who? I am the one who is winning after all because I've got two drinks for myself. Right? And I go into town. I buy two drinks. One, two. And I drink them alone. When I come here at home, I buy two drinks. I drink one and my wife drinks one. Then my stomach is not really full because I didn't drink two. Right? So, that's just a side note. What I can tell you here is this. First Corinthians 31, as we have read here, tells us the present form of this world is passing away. We need to be so convinced about this. We need to be so sure and consumed with this re coming reality that whether we are single or married, it doesn't matter. I want Christians to learn this. I want Christians to know this. And I'm speaking this. Whether you are single or married, we don't care. And people never really care, you know. People never really care. They just want to make you feel bad. And that's not the thing. You get married, you, you, have, you, you get pregnant, they start calling you fat. People will always talk. People, when you get married there, they start talking about your wedding dress. The wedding dress wasn't really good. You know, the wedding day, the food was bad. They always talk. And then you are single, they are the same ones who come. When are you getting married? Because Jesus wills. Right now, I am doing me, boo-boo. There is nothing else I'm thinking about. It's about me and Jesus. Like, Jesus has got my heart. And I'm not saying this in the pitiful way. I'm actually meaning it. Like, I don't need the man. You don't. You don't need a man. Oh, sorry, a man. You don't need a woman. Right? You are okay. Contentment will not come from staring at the fact of your singleness, but from lifting our eyes to a different horizon, beyond the what-ifs, beyond the if-onlys of the next few decades, to a wonderful certainty that, that is thundering towards us. Listen, even the best marriage is only ever a picture of what lies ahead of every Christian. It's just a picture of what Jesus and the church are. There is nothing much to it. It points to a time when the bride of Christ, the church, is brought to meet her groom and enjoy a truly permanent relationship of love and intimacy with him. That's what the Bible is about, right? And here's my final statement. The prospect of a future of singleness fills me with fear. But when that anxiety comes so great, you can look down at your present, look past your tomorrow, and trust God with the days in between. Look past all of it. And just trust God. It's all about that. Just trust God in your singleness. Trust God in your marriage. Both of them, super good. None better than the other. None more majestic than the other. 
they are all the same thing. A married people can tell you, we've been single before and now we're married, but you're single and you're not married. You've never been married. That's fine. That's fine. You can also challenge that statement by saying, but marriage has got a trouble of its own. So you experience those troubles. We'll wait for those troubles to come for us when we're ready to handle them. Right now, we're not ready to handle the troubles. I'm ready to enjoy life alone. So enjoy life alone. Do things, you know, enjoy being alone. Do things that you can do alone. Yeah? You can take yourself out. You know that you can take yourself out. Caribbean. Do you need a man to take you to the Bahamas? You can book, book a ticket for one. You go. You enjoy life there. Life ends. It, 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 it. You even post your, 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 what's this? your Instagram, right? I went to the Bahamas alone. Enjoyed it. Who knows? Who knows what would happen at the Bahamas? <laughs> you might swim with dolphins, you know? You can eat food that you've never eaten. Your mouth gets surprised. There's so many things that can happen. What you shouldn't do is feel pity for yourself because you are single. That's not, that's law. That's shallow. Any questions? Yes, sir. There is the aspect here where you say that I should be okay staying single when I look at the couple passing and they, you know, they look good together and those. <laughs> yeah. But there is a sense that they, they need, the need they want, mm -hmm. they want to want to be with somebody. A desire. So with that desire, it. It first and foremost tells me I'm not poor. Alright. <laughs> it lets me know firsthand that I got nothing to do with poor. <laughs> so how how do I work around the line between, you know, me not being sad cause cause I'm alone, you know that kind of thing? I am I'm me. How do I really attend the being content, you know? Cause because there is there is a chance of me desiring this. Mm -hmm. So how do I strike a balance between me desiring to be with somebody and being content to being with Very important, very important. When you look at being content, what being content is, is not um, settling for less. Because those are two different things. And many people attribute this, they interchange them. Because when you tell Christians, be content, they do what most of us here at AIU do. We pray a prayer of contentment, mm -hmm. so we think, where we just all prayers, all of them, you know, somebody's about to die. Lord, we know that you're in control of the situation and we thank you, not our will anyway, that you will be done. That's not the prayer you prayed. In your heart, what you're saying is, if only something could be done about this. There is a, that's, Settling is you know what you want. You know that you can have it. But you choose to settle for anything less than that because you are scared that you might not actually have that great thing. So you just go and choose to have the small thing anyway. Being content is not that. Being content is knowing that this is where God wants me to be now and I'm going to accept where God wants me to be now. How do you know that? We know God's will. How? 
Let's go to Romans chapter 12, verse 2. When he says, Offer yourself a living sacrifice. Then what is that going to lead you to do? Live a life of worship. And in that life of worship, you will be able to discern his good and perfect will. So it is through having a relationship with him, through the word, through prayer, through fellowship, and through all these disciplines of Christianity, getting closer to God, that I'm able to know that this is really where God wants me. And when I am at peace with where God wants me to be, then I'm content. When I'm not at peace and in knowing that this is where God wants me to be, I'm not really seeking God. Hence, not knowing where he wants me to be. Many Christians are at this point where they don't really know what God wants for them. And where God wants something from you is where God sees the best thing for you. Like he says, this is what you actually need, Mr. Benji. And this is the best thing for you. And I'm doing this because I love you. And this is the best that I can give you with my love. So for now, if you entered any relationship, you will damage yourself. We don't really hear that voice. Because all we are praying for is Naman, Naman, Lord. Black, white, fat, thin, Naman. As long as he's a man, right? Just give me. This is where we often rush to. Give me. I want. We are like these babies who just keep nagging the parents. Hey, Chrisips, 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 Chrisips. And then the parent just gets irritated, right? And gives you Chrisips. <laughs> but God is not really that kind of parent. Because he loves you. And so, even when you ask and ask and ask and ask. That's why that class I said, there's a consequence in asking for things outside God's will. Not that God is going to strike you with lightning. Pew! Uh-uh. God don't do anything. But you get frustrated. And that's the consequence. Because you don't really know what God wants for you. You try to pursue things thinking that's what God wants for you. You just think, right? This is what God wants for me. So God doesn't want me to be single right now because I'm 30. But who told you that God's calendar is like that? I thought God is not a Kronos kind of guy. I thought he's Kairos. Where he works at his appointed time and not by your chronological order. I always tell people at church to say, God does not work first, I have a job and then I get married and then this, this. That's not him. What if he brought the wife before you got a job? Are you going to tell him, God, take her away, let me work, and then after I work, you can bring her back? Right? <laughs> Yeah, the prophet who, prophet Hamora, is the one who sang that. So if, 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 if you don't find that place where you are content, you tend to make decisions for God that he didn't really intend for you. And that's why we think, but good, I thought I prayed. Yeah, you did, but did you seek me? I mean, did you, did you even ask me what's my will for you? Because you went ahead and got what you are. Sometimes it's not even prayer, right? Sometimes we get it by force. Just I'm just going to get a loan. <laughs> and, then, and then, boom, the loan you get. You're happy. Yeah, God, thank you. And then let's pay back the loan. <laughs> and God is like, uh, but, I, but, I, but I didn't really tell you, did I? Then, but then in our minds, we're like, God, you told me to do this. I know it was you because you gave me. But how do you think... Is that really how God works that when he, when, when, he, when he, something happens, then he actually gave you? No, 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 no. That would be very false because that's not how he works. He works in his ways. So when he says appointed time, appointed time can be 30 years old. 
35 years old, 99 years old. That that could be God, right? But then that's just him trying to tell you to say, I know what's best for you. So that's how we know to say, I am content when you're at peace with God's decision. How do you know God's decision? Seeking his will. How do you seek his will? Pray, read the word, study scripture, you know, all those basic things. They bring you to one thing. You will understand this is what God wants for me. And this is what was this. Another question for Zero. And contentment doesn't really mean that you just sit and do nothing. You know, as you continue seeking God's will, and when He gives you peace to start dating again, start. Don't 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 just say no. And God doesn't tell you to start by a voice. Sister Tabitha, start now. God is so beautiful because He shows you clear signs. That's the most way that I think it's so vivid for you because Bible, but I'm not in the Bible, but I'm reading, but I can't understand. And then he starts bringing signs. Just all of a sudden, Tumboy is Tumbofika Fika. Tamiris turns on Peseka all the time, but then upper Tumbofika Fika. And then you're like, but God, I thought you said that I should be content. He's now telling you, okay, yes, the contentment has paid off. Now it's time. Start. Start now. And if you miss that, then it would, it would also have an impact on your life. But sometimes it's sign. He just starts bringing signs, different kinds, dreams, you know, all these things. If, if you can't hear him clearly, that would be difficult. That would be difficult. Yeah, so... That's just about it. If you just, if you're comfortable being single, you will not make mistakes in whom you're going to end up with. Because you will not really be ending up with somebody because other people want you to. Or because peer pressure has gotten to you like you're the only one that is left. Or because maybe the, the biological clock is ticking. No. And that biological clock, that's what even comes to make, uh, not that thing of decisions eh, where you're making choices based on certain things. Uh, criteria as we call them. What do you want in a man? S these things of being impossible, I think men and women of God, we need to stop them. Because I've, uh, many people have got standards that are impossible to reach. And this is often with Christians because we want to holify everything. Like make everything seem impossible. Uh, can this guy, I can only marry a guy that is, you know, like Moses close to God like Moses. If you're not close to God like Moses, that ain't my guy. Then your guy died 4,000 years ago because that's when Moses existed. You wait for Moses when we go to heaven and then you find him. Standards for certain guys. If she's not a Proverbs 31 woman who can fulfill all these things in Proverbs, I'm not going to marry her, my friend. Wait. Wait. Because those features... She might even just have two of them. 
Proverbs 31, that the preaching about Proverbs 31 in church. You should see wives. Even pastors' wives. Wapi vaso. Kwambo. That's a nearly to impossible situation. So we can't really put those standards. You need to lower your standards. Make make sure that at least they are achievable. You know? Achievable. What if God brings, like me, me I'm a, I'm a younger version. Yeah? What if God brings a younger version? You're, you're, and he brings, God works in those ways. You know? He can bring a lady older than you five years. Yeah, no, this can't be God. This can't be God. Well, here, here is the lady. God has given you a lady that will fit you. Okay, now All right, so that's that was our class today. I think I had fun today because people are contributing. And so I thank you very much for your contributions. Let us pray. Father, thank you for this class. Thank you that you helped us see how singleness is a blessing and how singleness is not inferior to marriage. Thank you for helping us understand that singleness is something that we can find delight in and still serve you even more in that condition. I pray for every person that has been watching, that has been listening who is single, that you give them a heart of contentment with their current situation, that you may help them through even the process of dating, the process of courtship, process of engagement, the process of marriage, the process of parenting, and so on. Let it all be for your glory. And let it all come as a subtopic to the main topic, which is that time is of essence and that we ought to use the time that you've given us here on earth wisely and according to how you want us to do so. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much.